You're listening to the Creatively Connected Classroom Podcast, Episode 21. Welcome to the Creatively Connected Podcast from Education Closet, connecting teachers and ideas one glue stick at a time. Here's your hosts and K-12 Art Chat founders, Matt and Laura Grundler. This is Matt and Laura, and welcome to the Creatively Connected Classroom. We have a very amazing host. I know we always say that every week, but every time we talk. Um, But uh, Elizabeth Peterson, just can't wait to just jump in and get going with with our conversation. So so. Elizabeth's topic for the host was, um, the chat was this idea of connecting SEL and creativity. And I know she's done a lot of work on that. And it's very near and dear to our heart as well, because we truly believe in it. So Elizabeth, tell us a little bit about your backstory, who you are, what you teach, and then we'll jump into SEL and creativity. Sweet. That sounds great. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Uh, love Education Closet and everything that you guys are doing over there. And uh, so, so a little bit about me. I have been teaching for about well, 20 years now. And it started out, I was one of those kids that just always knew what they wanted to do. And that was to teach. I knew from like when I was in fifth grade. And wow. did you play yeah. school? Were you? I absolutely did. <laughs> stuffed animals, complete with stuffed animals, a blackboard. I would teach the lyrics actually to um, shout. Nice. <laughs> write those up and teach that to my to my little stuffed animals and um you know had a couple detours there wanted to be an auto mechanic a mechanical engineer uh, <laughs> but I went right back to teaching because I just absolutely loved kids I loved hearing their perspective on things and um I just really liked finding different ways to teach my animals or my, you know, the kids I would be able to visit when I was in high school and that kind of thing. So, and when I went into um, college, I knew I wanted to do elementary ed and I had to pick a second major. So I picked music because I just want, I, I had been a pianist since I was in second grade. I just wanted to learn as much as I possibly could about it. And while no one could understand why I chose that as my second major, because it didn't like quote unquote fit with elementary ed. And, you know, I didn't want to be a performance major, didn't want to be a music ed major. But what that allowed me to do as I was doing my senior um, class with all the other ed majors, uh, music majors, I should say, um, is it allowed me to research how I can start infiltrating music into my classroom and into my lessons. And my senior year, when I was doing my student teaching, I got paired up with two awesome master teachers that were near the end of their career. I'll never forget them, Mrs. Morenci and Mrs. Booten. And they not only um, took me under their wing and really showed me what it meant to be a really awesome, caring teacher, but they also allowed me to dabble in this whole idea of music integration. Mm-hmm. And they let me listen to music with the kids and we'd write stories and draw cartoons and uh, do poetry and um, and even just, just talk about, you know, what emotions come up for us as we're listening to different excerpts mm-hmm. of, of music. And that just kind of stuck with me. And I developed a lot of lesson plans around that, that, um, that semester. And then when I... 
got a job the following fall, you know, I just kind of like hit the ground running with my little second graders that I was teaching back then. And uh, we'd listen to music every single day and we would talk about it and and then use it every once in a while to write about it. And uh, so, you know, after, after about a year of teaching, I discovered there was a uh, master's degree program just in a couple towns over that had to do with arts and learning. And I'm like, oh, this is it. <laughs> speaking my language here. Yeah. And so that was really awesome because it allowed me to kind of dabble in other art forms that I'm really not comfortable in. Visual art, drama, and then some that I think I'm good at, but probably not to others like <laughs> dance, <laughs> you know, storytelling, digital media, all that great stuff. And it just gave me piles and piles of ideas and applications and, you know, turned just that music integration into all kinds of arts. And it just kind of expanded from there. And it's, I just knew that that was the road I wanted to take. Yeah. So since, since all of that, you know, I've got um, two books published on arts integration topics. And uh, of course the website, the inspired classroom, where just, it was just, it was just a way for me to kind of get my ideas down and kind of develop my philosophies around teaching, which has been so beneficial to me, (laughs) hopefully to other teachers too. (laughs) I, you know, I jot down my little notes, my little doodles while, while we have these conversations with our podcast guests. And I was just thinking, one of the things I loved that you just said was that you mentioned your mentor teachers, my name. Yes. Um, And to me, that's really important because, you know, we do talk about this connection of, it's not just our digital connections with our friends on Twitter and things like that, but it's these real life connections that are so impactful and meaningful and real. And I, I just really appreciate that you mentioned your mentor teachers because I think that that is essential to what we do. And I, I'm constantly trying to get our really great veteran teachers to do. It's a lot of work to be a mentor teacher, and yes, it, is. it is. It really is <laughs> a lot of work that you don't get paid for in monetary, you know, reward. And so I, I'm constantly trying to encourage teachers to to do that because without those mentor teachers we can't continue to build our profession. So thanks for shouting out to them. (laughs) Absolutely. And I mean, any teacher can tell you that you're not really learning how to teach until you're in front of a class Mm -hmm. and learning from other teachers, because that is really, that's the key right there (laughs) for sure. Well, and the special part of it, all of it is that they embraced who you were and that you wanted to bring music and arts into the classroom and allow you to develop that idea of arts integration that's yeah. really exciting. That's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you certainly are an expert on arts integration, but you seem to have kind of turned this corner on social emotional learning. Where, where did that come into play? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> any teacher nowadays, I mean, if you've been in teaching even five years, you've probably seen that there's like almost this shift in our students and their needs. And you cannot go into teaching anymore just thinking you're going to teach awesome content. You've got to really be able to reach the students in new ways. And it seems that the whole idea of social emotional learning certainly is coming into play, not just in my state and my region, but across the country because kids need learning in 
how to deal with stress and anxiety and getting along with one another. And, you know, I have my ideas of why this is all happening. And and that's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we... I'll get all all my soapbox for a moment here with, you know, we really need to start focusing back on pre-K, kindergarten, let the kids play Play. age appropriate because uh, now I teach fourth grade. I went through, I had second grade for a couple of years. I taught middle school music for seven years and now I'm in upper elementary, fourth mostly, a little bit of third. And kids have so much trouble working together and using manipulatives and they're, you know, walking around with scissors open and like, it's just like, are you kidding? They don't even know how to hold their scissors. It's crazy. And it's really those basic foundational skills are just being lost. So now education, the whole educational world is trying to like play catch up with this. So when a couple of years ago, the uh, district that I work in, Amesbury, um, Massachusetts, they started to start pulling in the idea of social emotional learning into the district. And, you know, we all got together and we were learning about this and they're talking. About, and every single time they said another competency, uh, self-awareness, I'm like, you can teach that through art. <laughs> yeah. Self-management. I'm like, mm-hmm. play mm-hmm. on a drum, <laughs> you yeah. know, social yeah. awareness, relationship skills. Um, responsible decision-making. I mean, you're in the entire creative process is all about responsible decision-making. So every single thing that they were saying, I'm like, it is right in front of us. It's all about incorporating and integrating all the arts together with what we're doing. And it just seemed like such a natural combination of helping students develop their social emotional skills while they're creating art or appreciating art or discussing art of all forms. And so, yeah, so I kind of played around with the letters there, came up with seal and I'm like, oh, this, this could be something here. <laughs> Let's <laughs> run with this. And so I did, and I'm so glad I did because it is resonating with so many teachers across the country and even into other countries as well, you know, because anyone who's really done any kind of art form knows that you just learn so much about yourself. Mm -hmm. You learn so much about others, the world around you. It's just so natural and it's really, it's just what's needed. In the visual arts, we we use a lot of um, Project Zero's work from Harvard, and there's, you know, the studio habits of mind. Yes. And one of them is understanding art worlds, but in our district, we really kind of break it down to understanding the world around you and your community. And uh-huh. when you think about even those eight studio habits of mind, like being able to envision, like that is, <laughs> they're all connected to social-emotional learning. It's, it's crazy how big ideas like that makes so much sense to the arts educator or the arts integration um, specialist, because it really is. I, I just wrote down your quote here. The entire creative process is about responsible decision-making. <laughs> yeah. Bingo. yeah. Be, I mean, like that's, right? I mean, I'm going to, there's going to be a quote image that goes out later with that <laughs> on there because it is so right on. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with the studio, the habits of studio habits of mind, you know, that was really geared towards art teachers. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what I think is finally happening is that this whole new way of talking about social emotional learning, it's, it's like branching out and it's 
something that all teachers can grasp on mm-hmm. and um, really do something with. Like I bumped into a friend of mine just the other day at the local pizza joint. You know, <laughs> we started talking and, you know, he's now working in a high school and he's like, same social emotional needs, just a little bit bigger. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> like, all the time, no, especially my new teachers. Really I'm like, you know, I'll have a young teacher that did or, did their student teaching at maybe middle school and they end up with ninth or 10th graders. And they're a little nervous because they've never been with ninth and 10th graders. And I'm like, all they are is middle schoolers no. with bigger bodies. I mean, <laughs> they're, they're not yes. that much different. I mean, I'm seeing that, you know, I've made the change to middle school from teaching elementary for 13 yeah. years. And it's really not, you know, it's really not different. It, it's, I mean, yes, there are some things that are there that, you know, more right. of that, that social issues. emotional, but yeah. it's still, you get down to the gist of it and still, it's still the same. I mean, mm. it really is. And it's, so. I mean, honestly, the bottom line for kids is that sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. And, you know, going back to the arts integration, it's providing a niche for them. You know, every kid needs to belong somewhere, whether it's the theater group or the band group or the choir group or the art kids, you know, Mm -hmm. every kid needs that belonging place. It could be the cheerleaders or the football team. It doesn't, just as long as they have that sense of belonging and that they have purpose. And, And that's what I feel like in a lot of, you know, I've been doing a lot of thinking about this too, especially as we're raising a now middle schooler and our girls are just right behind him, you know? And I think about, we used to have these rites of passage for kids where they learned something about themselves, right? Mm -hmm. And it seems like a lot of that has gone by the wayside. And so how can we provide those those pieces for them in another way, you know? How can we have them understand their own personal growth and, and be able to reflect on that? I, again, well, goes back to the creative process. Yeah. It's all right there. Well, you see I mean, rooms I was gonna, in the creative process. I was going like to ask about that. I mean, yeah. the questions you asked during the chat was, how is the creative process a learning process? Yeah. And I kind of, I'd like to hear some of your answers <laughs> on that. So, Sure. So, <laughs> I mean, how is it not, right? right. So, I mean, from inception of, you know, what you maybe even think about what you want to create all the way through all the the different pathways and decisions you need to make from, you know, materials you're going to use to who you're going to work with, who you're going to avoid working with, (laughs) who you're going to ask for help, what do you need to research, what do you need to, you know, check up on, all those preliminary things before you even get creating. Um, And then there's the whole creating of the, whatever it might be, whether it's a piece of music or, or dramatic play or a little skit, even, you know, it doesn't matter the, the smallness or the largeness of whatever it is you're doing. And then, and then of course, there's also, you know, the revision part and the editing part, you know, the writing process is a creative process absolutely, and is a learning process. So what makes those things a learning process is that throughout that whole path, you are figuring things out about other people. You know, why do I want to work with this person and not that person? Why am I going to go to this teacher for help on this and not that one? You know, all those things you're kind of doing subtly and you may not even realize it, <laughs> but you're learning about people around you and what makes a good person for a certain situation. And then of course you're learning about yourself. You know, are you a good time manager? Are you a good 
uh, are you organized with your materials or do you need help with that? Are you asking for help with that? You know, just there's so many questions that go along with that. And then the revision. Then there's that, right? Cause do you want to revise and edit what you're doing or do you want to just be fine with it and be done and like, okay, <laughs> I've done that. Uh, now I need to move on, you know, or are you going to, um, improve upon it and and then you know are you going to present it are you so there's like a hundred million questions <laughs> yeah. that you're basically asking and all through that way you know you're really learning <laughs> yeah, yeah. Learn absolutely so much and it's a very it's a subtle kind of learning and so what I like about the idea of seal is having kids go through that process that creative learning process but also being very explicit with what it is that they're doing. So using the language of social emotional learning and because we're at the point where we just have to do that. We have to tell them when you're making a decision of who you're working with, you're using your social awareness. You know that so-and-so is going to be reliable and friendly while the this other person's going to throw a pencil. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Right. Be on their phone. All those things. So it's you really, know, though, it's, it's really exciting to see it happening though. Like our kids, our district in Plano is doing a really nice job of integrating social emotional learning. Awesome. And our little first grader comes home with all kinds of little techniques and things that she says about working with others or even herself. Like I just need a moment to breathe, mom. Yes. For your first I needed grade. a break. I, I needed a break. I needed, I needed break. to remove myself That's from this situation. why I left. And like she uses these very grown up words, but it's because the teachers are being very intentional yeah. about yes. teaching social emotional learning. And I just think even our son, a little bit, kids argue and the girls, <laughs> our little girls are oh, just about two years apart. And they were sitting there just blah, 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 blah. And our son was like, okay, now if you could consider... <laughs> maybe moving away from each other, you wouldn't burst each other's bubbles so much. And I was like, okay. Well, all right. <laughs> sure. you know? And I, uh, I just think that I, I'm curious to see what, what will happen, you know, years from now when this generation of children has grown, you know, what, so the impact it'll have on our society and mm -hmm. just being compassionate and kind and not honking each other you know, the minute you don't go when the light turns green, you know, things yes. like that, just taking a moment, you know. Yeah. And um, that's, I think, why it's so important for teachers to learn these methods and to really dig deep into them. And, you know, I have teachers going through um, like the SEAL e-course that I have, or I have a SEAL retreat coming up um, in a couple of weeks. And, the point of that is for them to actually go through some of these experiences mm -hmm. and to really absorb all that there is in terms of all the different art forms and all the different competencies and transform how you think about teaching kids this social emotional learning stuff because it's like like you were saying you know it's so great for a teacher to figure out and understand what a kid needs. And if that need is to put tape on paper for, for a little while because yeah. they need the lights, 
I have a kid mm-hmm. like that right now. And, or, um, or encourage someone to go out for the cross country team. Cause you can just tell that they need that and they yes. might not get that encouragement at home to do that type of thing. You know, that's, that's really what I think being a SEAL teacher is really all about. And it's about caring for your students enough to make that change in your own mind, that own mind shift, you know, connecting with your students in ways that really only the arts can really do and allowing for that creative outlet for kids so that you can really discover what floats their boat, what makes them happy (laughs) and how can you encourage them to do more and more about that. I love (laughs) Laura, I love that you said your daughter came home and said, I needed a moment to breathe. (laughs) I think, I think teachers are really being so explicit now and and it's good because the kids need to practice these skills. So, and I mean like practice these skills so that when they're in that heated moment, they kind of know what to do. <laughs> well, and I mean, every kid is so different. Like you said, their needs, like our, we have well, three. all three of our kids are different, and, extremely different. Right? <laughs> and that little, she's six, by the way, only six. And this is oh, the one that said, I need a moment to breathe, but she is the most, I, how do I say this nicely? Strong will. Strong will. <laughs> yeah, strong will of our three children. Strongly determined. And very yes. determined. And it has to be her way. And so I can only imagine when she's at school, her really truly needing head. a moment to breathe because she being in a cooperative group is not her jam. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can That's I can great. see this. So we've talked a lot about creativity and intention in some other some other conversations we've had with other educators. And I think that that intentional piece is so true, but I do also think that that the relationship you have with your students is key because without that relationship, you're not going to know their needs. That's so true. Yeah. Very true. (laughs) Yeah. Hey there, it's Susan from Education Closet. Elizabeth is a good friend of mine, and I'm so glad you can finally hear her on the podcast. You know, social-emotional learning is so important, and personally, I think the arts are a natural fit. If you want to learn more from Elizabeth, check out her online social-emotional artistic learning course at theinspiredclassroom.com forward slash seal online course. You'll be able to get grad credits, PD hours, and a wealth of resources for SEL in the arts. Now, let's get back to the conversation. He's trying to read my writing. Oh. <laughs> I love it. I, I, like I said, I jot down notes during all these conversations and he's like, what does that say? <laughs> we were talking about how, how art teachers are, well, arts, I should say, not just art teachers, but the arts yeah. feel so comfortable in this area of creativity yes. and the, the social emotional part and how that interacts so well. We've found, and it's not all the time, but we've found especially through our chats, you know, the, the teachers, the, the gen ed teachers mm-hmm. are, you know, either not sure, they're uncomfortable, they're afraid of totally. how to work it in, how to, you know, how to chunk up the time. Oh, well, if I chunk up the time, then I'm going to miss out on this or I'm going to do that. How do you see or what do you see as teachers, mm-hmm. maybe their fear or of, you know, pulling that creative piece in and pulling that, really pulling on that social emotional part? 
Yeah. So I've been working with teachers and teacher professional development for years. And that really is one of the biggest thing when arts integration is, you know, teachers fear of doing an art form that they're just not comfortable with, or they just don't think that they're proficient in. Mm -hmm. And the first thing is, you know, teachers don't need to be proficient in these. If they just have enough comfort to just give it a try, that's all their kids need. And it could be that, you know, you, and I do this all the time, you draw something and it looks awful on the whiteboard (laughs) and it just cracks the kids up and, you know, then they're like, Oh, look, well, I can do this. And they're, you know, showing me what they can do. And I said, well, next time I need to draw a dog on the board for this word problem, maybe if you do it instead, you know, just, just to understand that you putting yourself out there is going to let the kids acknowledge that you're allowing for creativity in your classroom. That's really the message is just opening that door to let them know that you are an appreciator of creativity and in whatever um, form that might be, that's what the kids need to hear so that they can start doing that. Yeah, that's the, that's the basic one. There was more to that question though. <laughs> that <laughs> well, I just, wanted to I say just finding, you know, First, I think it's getting over the the fear factor and the comfort level for teachers. But I've 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 had a few different roles in education. One of them being, you know, an assistant principal and working with gen ed teachers. There definitely is this this pressure I think on them to get through yeah. content and time. Yes. And I, that's what it was. I yeah. think that they feel like if I stray away from the content, like if I'm a social studies teacher and I have a semester exam that's given at the district level and all of this content is going to be on that district exam, I have to stay on the calendar. I don't have time to be creative. (laughs) I don't have time for the fluffy social emotional stuff, you know, like I I think that's, that's the pushback I feel uh, most often as an administrator is just that there's this, this pressure, you know, I've got, they've got, a state assessment and they've got to know this stuff and there's only so much time that you are speaking my world right now because <laughs> as a fourth because <laughs> as a fourth grade teacher we have this much math content to get through before may when there's right? still two months left of school and it's cram time right now and it's it's disgusting really yes. how we have to go through all of this content in such a short time and just you know and these kids are just not ready for it but we've got to make sure that they at least are exposed to it's a horrible situation to be in for teacher and yes. for student for sure and so what i try and do for arts integration and for SEAL integration is I've got some strategies that I just kind of use throughout my day. So one of my absolute favorite strategies is sound tracking my classroom. So I am able to kind of set the mood. I'm like a DJ in my own oh, classroom, nice. which I kind of think okay. is cool. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, no, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I'm so- thinking of like athletes, like sport runners. I have a, yeah. a a really good friend who is 
a music teacher at the elementary. And um, she and I were very, very much on the same page with a lot of things. We even, we even teamed up on, on a couple different things. And, you know, through our subject matters that we were teaching, like I was teaching in the Harlem Renaissance and she was teaching about jazz, you know, the start of jazz. And so it was just something that went together really well. But she's a, she's a runner and, you know, she's always telling me about these different apps, you know, like these running apps that will DJ your music to yes. your pace for running. And that will, you know, help you either increase your speed or, or decrease your speed or whatever. And so it's just interesting to hear you say that, you know, yeah. how that music impacts Absolutely. that so strongly. Yeah. So my kids will come in to some upbeat music and then I'll slowly transition it down. I have a couple songs that kind of just bring that tempo down and the feel down. And, you know, when we're doing math or we're doing language arts or reading groups, I have some really nice, low, non-rhythmic alpha wave type of music going on. And it really just encapsulates our classroom, which by the way, is an open concept school. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my ADD just went like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I just had a panic attack. I'm so sorry. It's crazy that I've I been able to be successful. <laughs> with it but you know what it kind of it just creates this little bubble around our classroom which is really nice and you know in terms of other kind of like uh all throughout the day. It's just kind of like part of our culture in my classroom is, you know, we're doing movement breaks and we're doing movement breaks that are connected with, you know, mass. So we might make uh, our arms in parallel lines or put our legs like an isosceles triangle and then trace it with the floor as our base. We do that every single day and we're constantly getting up and transitioning and moving to help self-manage, to get our bodies under control. And there are some other things that, you know, on the spur of the moment, my kids know um, I might need a dramatic check-in, you know, so they make their little face into an emoji to tell me how they're doing, or they might draw one really quick on the corner of their paper. So there's all those little ways that you can integrate the arts into the day that are literally 30 seconds to a couple of minutes. They just really make a really big difference. And the other thing that I've done is something that can, that came out of SEAL is Friendly Fridays. And... Um, Sounds like a perfect hashtag. Mm-hmm. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just um, actually, I just wrote a, um, uh, an article. It was posted in um, Edutopia about Friendly Fridays. Basically what that is, is those Friday afternoons when it's like, what am I going to do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Instead of... Friday fun, where it's kind of a little, can be a little kooky. Friendly Fridays is when we're doing something together as a class, or we're creating notes for another person in the class or another person in the school, and they don't know that they're going to receive something. And their creativity goes through the roof. Their intention goes through the roof. They constantly ask, you know, are we going to do Friendly Friday? If I skip one, oh boy, watch out. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we do things for other people. We've had Friendly Fridays where we're friendly to ourselves and we talk about positive self-talk. And we've talked about, you know, wanting a pep talk, how to give a pep talk to someone and we'll try that through some dramatic play. And so that has allowed me to keep um, some seal activities consistent in my classroom so that they know that it's going to happen. 
And I always make sure that everyone's a part of it. And it's really helpful to bringing the class together, really giving them some good social awareness about, you know, who's in their classroom and accepting their capabilities as far as, you know, what your card might look like when you get it, (laughs) you know, or, or acknowledging that someone in our class has like insane artistic ability and to uh, really appreciate that when you, when that person gets to put, make something for you. So it's really been a great thing to put into my classroom, into my weeks. We love that. That's awesome. I'm totally going <laughs> to encourage our teachers to do it. I love, love, love it. <laughs> so I think as we, as we wrap up, I was wanting to know if there were any other insightful parting, parting words you might share with our, our <laughs> listeners. Sure. Oh boy. <laughs> I know. There was a, there was a lot there, but you know. Yeah. <laughs> you Best know, practices. Yeah. I think that the biggest thing for teachers is to just allow for creativity in their classroom. And it, you know, the kids in front of us have changed. <laughs> That's for sure. And they need more than ever. They don't need the harsh discipline anymore. What they need is an open heart and an open mind from their, from their teachers and that feeling that, they, that their teachers actually do care about them. And one way to do that, if you're not a hugger or you're not a, you know, put your hand on your shoulders or the kids can't handle taking that kind of stuff. I, I know I teach in elementary, but I've, I've been in middle school too. And kids just know when their teachers care about them because they allow a little bit of that creative freedom for their students. And that goes so far when it comes to students understanding that their teacher really does care for them and really wants what's best for them and really wants to help them find their, find their path. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Even just those parting words had me thinking about more questions I would love to ask you. <laughs> we don't have time. We'll have to have you back. Because yes, I'm, sure. I'm even sitting here thinking about, you know, you said the kids have changed. I, I would also venture to say that we've changed as adults. Yes. There's a lot going on in our world right now. And there's a lot to think about. And, you know, the self-care piece of it is huge. Mm-hmm. Just like you said, you know, you do, you know, Friendly Friday about your own, care, you know, taking self-care. care of yourself. I uh-huh. think that there's a lot... Like I said, there's so we could do a whole another hour or two on this because <laughs> I I know I have a lot of thoughts on it. But, yeah. um, but don't get me started on teacher centered PD. <laughs> That'll be another couple hours. First, I <laughs> we yes, can we can totally go there. So, yeah. um, <laughs> we will definitely have to have you back and um, all right, and awesome. certainly back on Twitter too. But thank you so yes. much, Elizabeth. It's been well, wonderful. Thank you, Lauren, Matt. It was really great to be here. I really appreciate talking to you. It's fun. Thank, thank you. <laughs> Well, keep doing great work and and we will talk to you soon. Excellent. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, Elizabeth. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Heads up, seven up, friends. If you've been enjoying these episodes, be sure to subscribe to the Creatively Connected Classroom podcast. You'll get a notification every time we release a new episode each and every week. And take a screenshot and put it on your favorite social media, Twitter, Insta, Facebook, you name it. Tag Education Closet and K-12 Art Chat so we can reach out and say thanks. And if you really love us with all the feels, give us a review and or a rating over on iTunes. It helps others find the show and connect with our incredible community. Thanks for all your support.